What is also happening across the pond in France is that Macron has won the French presidential election with 58.5% to the vote of Marine Le Pen, who was at 41.5%. France has this uh, presidential uh, two-round system. So basically, you you go in, you vote for president. The first round is wide open, as many candidates as possible. And in the second round, if nobody gets 50% uh, plus one, if nobody gets uh, plurality, then they go to a second round, which is what just happened this weekend, where you just have the top two candidates in the runoff. Now, you might think to yourself, okay, well, 58.5%, that's not that's not too bad. It's a closer, closer uh, gap uh, than the last time that these two ran against each other five years ago. And much of it has to do with a change in politics in France, in Europe, and really worldwide, especially here in Canada. I think there's some important lessons about what's happened in France for what's happened in Canada. And my next guest has a fascinating piece in the New York Times magazine. Elizabeth Zarovnovsky, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. You know, on the surface, it would appear that uh, Macron's win, even though it's narrower than last time around, it would suggest that the French have rejected far-right politics. But what do you see? Well, you know, I wouldn't call it a rejection necessarily. I would call it a lukewarm sort of uh, no for right now. I mean, I think, you know, I think you have to give Macron credit uh, where credit is due. I think his victory was pretty solid and certainly, you know, more solid than um, than some of the observers uh, and pollsters were suggesting that it would be. And I think that he is still, you know, relatively popular among a certain set of voters. Um you know, especially um, wealthier voters, more urban voters, uh, more sort of professional, uh, professional class voters and that sort of thing. Um, so it's not that he is necessarily terribly, terribly unpopular. But I think, um, you know, outside outside of that, those um, social categories, that there is clearly some uh, unhappiness with 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 the direction of the country. And so um, and so, so you're seeing, I think you're seeing, you're seeing a protest vote for sure, whether that is, you know, really a vote for the far right. I think that's arguable, that's debatable, but, um, but certainly the trend is, is in that direction. But you suggest in your piece for the New York Times magazine that the entire political spectrum um, in France has moved to the right. Everybody's gone to the right. Um, maybe you could explain that and tell me if you see a lesson there or a parallel in North American politics. Um, yeah, sure. I think so. Some of the studies that have been done have suggested there has been a rightward drift, especially among conservative voters. So, you know, 30, 40 percent of the population that in France that identifies with the right that they have moved rightward um, on, you know, especially on issues around immigration, national identity, sort of cultural issues. Um, and so I think, you know, the that speculation on that is that that is partly a result of a of a rightward drift in in terms in terms of the media media discussion and what has become sort of mainstream media media discussion right now, um, but that sort of rightward drift of um, of conservative voters in France has also pulled the parties to the right, and so I think your mainstream right party in France has become much more much more sort of uh, right wing, along with as you see the rise of yeah the growth of the far right, uh, both with Marine Le Pen and with her rival, um, who who ended up not doing so well, but that was Eric Eric Zemmour. Um, as far as parallels in North America, I mean, I think, 
you know, it's hard to make these comparisons sometimes in, um, in systems. Certainly in the United States, you are seeing a pull to the right within the Republican party. Now, <laughs> whether that represents a true sort of cultural shift on the right or whether this is the effect of, you know, elites uh, on the right uh, finding, um, you know, finding a uh, an electoral opportunity in that space and also being, you know, being pulled in that direction by, um, by the sort of rhetorical and uh, media success of Donald Trump, you know, I think that I don't have an answer to. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that there is certainly you are seeing some, some of this in, in the US as well. Yeah, you, you make a great point about systems because the systems are so different systems differ from Canada to the United States um, to France. But in, in Canada, there is a discussion underway right now as we choose a new leader of the right of center party here, the conservatives, as to whether or not it would be best to put for a candidate that appeals to the middle, uh, that is centrist and leaning and is able to capture that ground and that that is the path to power or the, is the path to power more um, in this moving rightward political move, you know, sort of worldwide movement to the right. Mm. And I'm wondering if it, it, do you see a parallel there in French politics? Absolutely. And actually the people that I wrote about in that story, that's their argument right, is that if they would be allowed to sort of form a party that was really, truly conservative, socially conservative and economically conservative, that they would have enough voters and that they would be able to win. And finally, you know, the right in France would take would take power. So that still remains an untested theory. Um, but we may, you know, we may have our answer to that in the next couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we may, you may not have your answer for, for Canadian politics uh, right away, but I think we will see that. On the flip side of that, um, I think, you know, Macron, of course, has been a genius at sort of capturing that middle ground, governing, governing uh, for the center, and that that has been a very successful, uh, you know, uh, re-election strategy for him is, is capturing that center ground and, 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 and that, that has gotten him re-elected. I think um, whether or not that is a successful governance strategy is, is probably more debatable um, because, you know, as I said before, uh, the voters who occupy that center ground tend to be more urban, wealthier, more educated, um, you know, more professional class. And, um, you know, is that <laughs> is that good governance to govern for the interests of, of, you know, your professional and your wealthy classes in, in a country? I'm not so sure. And we've seen in France, you know, the rise of certain protest movements, the Gilets Jaunes and some of the uh, protests against police uh, violence in the banlieues. So, um, so I would say it's a successful election strategy, but maybe not such a successful governance strategy. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. Fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Elizabeth Zorowski is a New York Times contributing writer talking about the situation in France and the lessons for us here in North America and especially in Canada.